Preventing Quantum Computers from Disabling Encryption. New guidance for manufacturers to secure medical devices connected to a network. And the president-elect's senior security advisor who helped shape Donald Trump's cyber doctrine. These stories coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We start off today's report with a look at the U.S. federal government's efforts to identify algorithms that could prevent the all-too-powerful quantum computer from cracking public key encryption codes that protect sensitive and classified data. Computer experts say we're at least 10 to 15 years away, perhaps longer, from the deployment of a functional quantum computer. Despite what seems to be an eternity in internet time, the National Institute of Standards and Technology this month initiated a year-long quest to gather algorithms that could be used to defeat the superpower of quantum computers to crack encryption. Specifically, NIST seeks new algorithms for public key cryptography, a commonly used method of protecting information that employs electronic keys to lock secrets. The call for proposals for post-quantum cryptography standardization, published in the Federal Register, is this first formal step toward countering the dangers that quantum computers pose to the security of digital information. Dustin Moody is a NIST mathematician who's helping lead the post-quantum cryptography standardization initiative. There's a lot of research being done to build quantum computer, and it's not known for sure that it will succeed. But the fact is, if it is successful, a quantum computer will be able to break some of the crypto systems that we use to protect our electronic information online. And so we need to have new crypto systems ready in case a quantum computer is built. And it takes a, a number of years to select a new crypto system and, and create standards for how to use it. That's kind of why we're worried about this now, even though a quantum computer might not be built for 10, 15 years, is we've got to do all this work before a quantum computer gets here. But is gathering algorithms for a post-quantum cryptography defense happening too soon? In a letter to NIST, University of Illinois at Chicago cryptographer Daniel Bernstein warns that submitting by November algorithms aimed to protect encryption from powerful quantum computers will be a nightmare. He says cryptographers developing algorithms for today's public key encryption benefit tremendously from being able to try out their algorithms. With minimal effort, an experiment can show whether an algorithm does or doesn't produce the desired outputs or run at the desired speed. But Bernstein says designers of quantum algorithms don't have this tool yet, and algorithm submitters may be overconfident on the ability of their algorithms to prevent quantum computers from cracking encryption codes. Another cryptographic expert, Bruce Schneier, says it's not too early to assemble algorithms that could defend against the power of quantum computers. Even though building practical quantum computers is at least a decade off, computer scientists know in theory how they'll function. And knowing that, Schneier says, cryptographers can start building algorithms to prevent them from cracking encryption codes. When the aliens come down with a quantum computer, this is the best it could possibly do. We know what that is. The multi-year process of collecting algorithms isn't new to NIST. In 1997, NIST solicited algorithms from the cryptographic research community to create the Advanced Encryption Standard, published in 2001. NIST initially identified 15 candidates to be evaluated by the institute and research community, then narrowed the five finalists with the winner unveiled in 2000. Similarly, in 2007, NIST ran a competition to identify a new hash function known as SHA-3, which NIST published in 2015. Moody explains the process for the quantum cryptography competition. 
we are going to hold a workshop where we invite all the submitters to come and present their algorithms in a public forum so everyone can see the details. We're going to make everything publicly available so everyone can run these implementations. We will be evaluating them internally with our team here at NIST, and we want people around the world, the crypto community, who's very interested in this, we want them to be analyzing all these things as well. If we had to rely only on our internal expertise, we probably wouldn't have enough resources to do a really good job. So we need the best eyes from around the world to also evaluate it as well. NIST is asking members of the crypto community to submit their algorithms by November 30th. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has issued a long-awaited final version of guidance for how medical device manufacturers should help maintain the security of network-connected devices once they're in use. To discuss the new guidance, I'm joined by veteran IT healthcare editor and my colleague, ISMG News Editor Howard Anderson. Hi, Howard. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me. What does the guidance cover? Well, Eric, the latest guidance from the FDA is designed to spell out what steps manufacturers of medical devices need to take to ensure the security of their devices once they're actually put to use, whether that's at a hospital or a clinic or even in patients' homes or inside patients' bodies for that matter. Why is this guidance needed? Well, it's very important because combined with earlier pre-market guidance, which focused on what manufacturers should do before a device goes to market, this new guidance offers a complete guide to the steps these companies should take to help ensure their devices aren't hacked. What is the FDA calling on manufacturers to do to, to assure the security of network-connected devices once they're in use? Well, they're asking them to take a lot of steps. Here's just a few examples. They're, they're asking the device makers to have a way to monitor and detect cybersecurity in their devices. That's pretty straightforward. Understand, assess, and detect the level of risk a vulnerability poses to patient safety. Establish a process for working with cybersecurity researchers to receive information about potential vulnerabilities. That's really a very important step. I'm glad they singled that out. And deploy mitigations such as software patches to address cybersecurity issues early before they can be exploited and cause harm. That last one seems to me to just be common sense advice. Mm -hmm. The guidance is voluntary. What will motivate device makers to follow the guidance? Ah, that's a good question. Who knows? But given that manufacturers want to avoid the bad publicity that comes with announcements about a device vulnerability, I would hope they'll be motivated to do the right thing and take all the necessary steps to help ensure cybersecurity. But, but, we see lots more reports about device vulnerabilities in the next year or two, say. Maybe, just maybe, it will create some pressure for the FDA to issue some real mandates via regulations. We'll have to wait and see. Has there ever been a case where hackers manipulated a medical device to harm a patient? Well, not that we know of. Medical device security experts tell us there's there's no such evidence, but uh, we really don't know for sure. Will further guidance be coming from the FDA regarding the security and privacy of network-connected medical devices? Dr. Suzanne Schwartz of the FDA says the agency will modify its guidance or issue new guidance as needed, whatever as needed means. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. Thanks, Howard. My pleasure. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Finally, President-elect Donald Trump has tapped the Deputy Homeland Security Advisor in the George W. Bush administration, Tom Bossert, to be Assistant to the President for Homeland Security and Counterterrorism. In that high-ranking White House job, Bossert will help shape Trump's cyber doctrine. During the Obama years, Bossert headed a private risk management consultancy and served as a senior fellow at the think tank, the Atlanta Council. 
Those who know Bossert say his experiences in and out of government should serve the new president well. In a statement, Bossert said the new administration must work toward a cyber doctrine that reflects the wisdom of free markets, private competition, and the important but limited role of government. He said the internet is a U.S. invention. It should reflect U.S. values as it continues to transform the future of all nations and all generations. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.